series. Um, today's a really important message because it really, I'm trying to today focus in on just the overall side of fear, applying it to an area, fear of death. And so let's begin with a word of prayer and then we'll launch into the message. Father, we, uh, again, we welcome you to this place, Lord. We thank you for a chance to come and to sing. Lord, we thank you for uh, the songs that we just sang, Lord, to be able to declare who you are and to declare praises to you, our God who is most high and who is above all. Lord, we, we do stand in awe of you. And Lord, we, we ask, Father, that you'd speak to us. We know that you alone hold the answers to life and to the questions that uh, run deep within us, Lord, we know that you can be trusted to answer those things, Lord, or to set our heart um, at ease and to give us peace, God, in the moment. And so as we look at a topic that is extremely uh, challenging to look at for us as individuals, Lord, we ask for your power and your strength to work within us. Lord, I pray you speak, God, through me, God, to communicate your timeless truths, Lord Jesus. We yield ourselves to you right now in these moments. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, as a kid, or yeah, as a kid, um, I had all sorts of fears as a, as a kid. I was afraid, and I'm kind of still slightly nervous around dogs, especially big dogs. We had a big dog as a as a uh, when I was a little boy, and we were all pretty much afraid of the dog after it was, you know, went from the puppy stage up to uh, tall as you know my dad it seemed like, and so we'd have to shake the gate on one side of the house. The dog would jet to one side of the house while we ran outside to fill the bowl with food, run back inside so we didn't get attacked and mauled. Eventually, we got rid of the dog just because it was really too big for us, and we were all pretty scared of the dog. And, uh, but he, we, his name wasn't Cujo, but we began to refer to him as that because he created this sense of fear within us that we all had a real hard time with. I um, was also afraid of clowns. And uh, I, read the mo- or I read the book It... And I got this really scary, I mean, I just had this sense that I was going to be attacked by a killer clown at some point, and that really bothered me. I also was afraid of Freddy Krueger. Most of us were probably afraid of Freddy Krueger, but uh, I had a really, really just unusual fear of him. I really thought, I knew he wasn't real, but I really thought I might encounter him someday, and my fears were almost concerned whatever that word is I'm looking for, they confirmed one day on my paper route when I got a new street, Elm Street, and I freaked out. And I thought, because in my paper route, we had to, we'd have to go really early in the morning, and um, so it was dark outside, and I would walk my paper route. And I, when I get to Elm Street, I would just fly down Elm Street, just hitting the houses and run as fast as I could, because I was pretty afraid of Freddie jumping out to maul me or something. And, um, but as, as a, even a high schooler, a college student, I really battled with the fear of failure. Um, I was really, really hung up in sports on achieving, you know, higher levels. And I was, I was really afraid of failing. Like, I really, um, to the point where I'd get sick before wrestling matches, or just uh, tennis matches. I'd get really just sick about this whole thing because I didn't, I didn't want to fail. And, um, but there's all sorts of fears that we deal with in life. Um, all of us probably have different ones that are at the top of our list. But today what we're doing is we're going to talk about uh, the biggie. This is really the, the most challenging fear for us, the fear of death. We all know we're going to die, but um, death is something that when we begin to look into and, and process 
uh, for our own lives, it just it creates a real sense of anxiety and stress. For those of you who've lost loved ones, um, you know, there's, a, there's, this, there's pain in, in, and there's probably a hole because of, of what has happened and just the experience you may have walked through. And so um, this whole issue, the fear of death, is kind of like, if you were to imagine dominoes, this is like the first domino where if you can understand what the Scripture has to say about the fear of death, this um, will help you with some of the smaller fears that come up in life because it is, it is such a, a key one to understand. Um, as you see, you've got an outline there. Fear, the top of your outline, is, says fear is a painful agitation in the presence of danger or in anticipation of it. Fear can kind of get us help moving. It can get us moving forward towards some things that we need to deal with. Fear has a way of kicking us into gear, getting us active around certain things. And sometimes it can bump us up in life and take us to another level. Um, many times fear comes up with a loss of courage or distractions because of those things. It doesn't really help us deal with the core fear. And so our lives really become miserable. Here's some common reactions. You'll see these in your outline. The first one is pretty common. We can build a fortress with our own strength or insight and resources. We become somewhat self-sufficient and we might even live in denial we try to convince ourselves that we're really not afraid of anything, that we're really in control of everything. And so, as humans, we can just pretend that fear doesn't exist. We are a fortress in and of ourselves. In this way, I don't really need to trust God, or I don't need to really trust anyone else. So we just don't admit it. And uh, many, many people, they just hang out in this step of, of being a fortress in this place and don't ever really make progress towards handling their fears appropriately. Because to admit fear would, would be like having a breach in the wall of their fortress. Because we're, we're so strong. And so to admit it, it's like we've, we've lost some of our protection here. Another reaction to fear is this. To give in to emotion. This is something we all possibly deal with. Give in to emotions and become afraid of everything. Two basic reactions here. We either try to please everyone. We, we become people pleasers. Because we want to gain a sense of security from the people around us. Or we forget everyone else and we get all we can in life. We just go after whatever we want in life. We just party. We just we believe there's no rules, no boundaries for our lives. And so we just do what we want to do. And we act out. But fear is one of those basic emotions that all of us experience in life. Everyone in this room. And there's only one source of help with this emotion. There's only one source of that we can run to, and that's God. God is the one, He's the only one, who can deliver us from our fears, especially the fear of death. Psalm, 30, psalm chapter 3, excuse me, verses 6 through 8, is a psalm from David, and he's on the run from his son Absalom and Absalom's men, who are after David the king's life. They're after his life because Absalom wants his throne. And so he's chasing his father down to kill him, to take his throne. And this is what, and this is sort of a battlefield psalm as well. But look at this, Psalm 3, verse 6. I will not fear the tens of thousands drawn up against me on every side. He recognized he's being pursued. He's got some things to be concerned about. Verse 8 goes on to say, from the Lord comes deliverance. See, God is the only one that can deliver us from our fears. May your blessing be on your people. He knew that when death was close, 
and a real possibility, he needed to turn to God in that moment. He had nowhere else to turn. He knew, he knew where to run. Uh, this past September, we, we remember the tragic events that unfolded on September 11th, and uh, nine years ago. And it's talking with one of the guys this morning. I can't believe it's almost been ten years since the attacks happened. And um, after the attack, hundreds of crisis counselors kind of converged upon New York City's, uh, New York City because they wanted to offer their support and help to people who had survived the attack. And it's interesting, victims who survived the, the 9-11 attacks didn't actually want to talk to crisis counselors. They wanted to talk to clergy. And that's because within us, fear causes us to go to God. Fear drives us to God. We know where real help comes from when we're dealing with death. God Himself. There's something that God has put in our hearts. Ecclesiastes book in the Old Testament, a wisdom book, says that God has put eternity in our hearts. He's given us a sense that this life is not all that there is. That there's more to this life. And so when we're in panic mode, when we're in a fearful place, we, we do turn to God. And God wants that. He wants us to be drawn to Him to consider the ultimate issues in life when we're walking through difficult things. Even if we're facing trauma or we experience trauma in our life or someone else's life, again, God wants to use that to draw us to Him, to draw us close to Him. He wants us to go to Him and to take shelter in Him. Since that's the case, another point in your outline, faith is always the right response to fear. Faith is something we always have to run back to. There was a time in Jesus' ministry where He's with His disciples. In Luke chapter 8, you find this and. Um, the verses aren't completely up on the slide, but I'm going to read a little bit, and then you'll see the verse up on the slide, verse 25, when we get to it. It says, One day Jesus said to his disciples, Let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat, and they set out. And as they sailed, he fell asleep. Jesus falls asleep, and a squall came down on the lake. So it gets real stormy and windy, so that the boat was being swamped, and they were in great danger. And the disciples went, and they woke him, and they said, Master, Master, we're going to drown. Jesus gets up and he rebukes the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. And then he asks them this question in verse 25. He says, where is your faith? That's the right question when we're afraid. To ask ourselves, where is my faith? He asks his disciples this. And in fear and amazement, it says, they asked one another, who is this? <laughs> They're like scratching their head. Who is this guy? Even, he commands even the winds and the water. And they obey him. These guys knew who he was. They already knew who he was. They weren't really saying, who's that guy? He just calmed everything down. They're really asking because they had forgotten some things about him. They had left everything to follow Jesus. They knew who he was. But just like the disciples, we so easily forget who God is and what he can do in our lives when we're afraid. Faith is, is crucial. That's the core issue. The core issue is this. Am I going to completely Trust God with my life. This is a question that comes up over and over and over in the life of a person who's decided to yield their life to Jesus Christ and saying, God, I want you to lead. I want to give you control of my life. But we've got to keep answering this question. Can I trust you, God? Am I willing to completely, when I'm at the end of my rope, when I'm standing at the edge of what I don't know what to do and what my mind says is, is possible here, Am I willing to completely trust you with everything? It doesn't work to sort of trust in God. 
Sort of trusting in God is one way we try to cover ourselves. I'm going to sort of trust God. That's kind of like putting Neosporin on a bone infection. You can just keep buying more Neosporin, rubbing it on the... You know, but if there's something inside, it needs an antibiotic, right? Because we need help from the inside to work its way out. We can't just patch or put band-aids on things. We have these deep grooves in our hearts and our minds that have led us to react to fear in a certain way. So to deal with fear at the core level, you have got to trust God. This is something I keep coming back to in my life, in my marriage, in our ministry here. It's like I hit points often when I say, I'm going to have to step out and trust God again and take this step in faith. We've got to settle this issue. And if you're here and you're investigating Christianity, you've not yet come to the point maybe where you've decided to follow Christ with your life, you've not become a Christian, make it, make it a high priority to settle this issue with God. Because if, you will, if you're trying to battle fear, this is the core issue. Are you willing to trust Him with your life? God is the only one who can help us. But we apply our faith to fear by taking refuge in Him. By running to Him. Taking refuge. Psalm 46, 1 through 3 says, God is our refuge. That word refuge means a shelter from like a rainstorm or a hill that protects in battle. God is that. He is a refuge for us. He's our strength. If you, if you choose to take refuge, basically you're choosing not to trust in yourself or your own insight or other people. You're choosing to run to God to help you. It says, an everlasting help in trouble. Verse 2, Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. You know, there's just some situations we get in in life where we have nowhere else to run to but to God. He wants to be our refuge. And knowing that God is present, is taught. understanding Him as our refuge is basically locking in on the fact that He is present at all times in our lives. We can run to Him. We can turn to Him and, and express our hearts to Him. If you look, it's interesting, if you look in the Bible, some of the Old Testament uh, leaders, when God called the different leaders like Moses and Joshua, Isaiah, different men that God used as a spokesman or a leader of His people, He called them to this giant task which seemed impossible for them at the time. And it's interesting, all of the men typically would have this dialogue with God where they said, you're going to have to get someone else. I don't think I can do this. I cannot do this. And God would pretty much reply with the same thing to most of these people. You're right, you can't do it. But I can do this through you. Over and over and over again, Joshua, he comes to the land of Canaan. And I talked about this briefly last week. Moses had, had led the people. Now Joshua, it was his turn to lead God's people. And as Moses led the people of Israel to cross over the Jordan River and take the promised land, the people looked across and they were afraid. If you know the story, they didn't inherit the promised land. They just kind of wandered for many years because they were stuck in their fears. They looked across, they saw what was facing them. Those guys are way too big. We're going to lose this battle. And so... Moses, his, his ministry, his leadership came to an end. God handed the leadership to Joshua. Now Joshua, again, he was still dealing with some of the same people, but a new generation had risen as well. And God tells them, look, as Joshua was surely shaken in his boots, Joshua is told by God, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He just reminds them, you cannot do this on your own. You are not strong enough. You're not a refuge for 
for your people, but I am. He's trying to remind them he could, he could pull this off. In Isaiah 41.10, you don't have this in your outline, but it's a verse that says, in the New American Standard, it says, Do not fear, for I am with you. This is what God said. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Here are some practical ways to take refuge in God. You can flip over your outline. Because the struggle to trust God is going to be in our emotions and our thoughts. Like the what-ifs. We have all sorts of what-ifs. What if this happens? What if this happens to me? Or those that I love. And the what-ifs that come up in our mind, they will overwhelm us if we give in to the emotions and all the thoughts that come to our mind. So God wants us to get past some of the what-ifs. And here's what He... Here's what he uses in our life to help us with that. The first thing is, handle your emotions by turning to God in prayer. And it seems almost obvious, but it's so tough when we're in fear to turn to God in prayer because the emotions just keep running in our head. I have a video clip I wanted to show from uh, Flight 93. This is a film that recounts the events that happened at 9-11. And uh, this was from the plane that was hijacked and was headed towards the U.S. Capitol. This was the one that was going to go into the U.S. Capitol. The people on board, they found out they were making cell phone calls after the plane had been hijacked. They're making phone calls and they find out that um, other planes had crashed into the, to the, you know, the trade centers. And they knew what was going on. They understood they were, gonna, they were next. And, and they decided as a group to do something about it. Uh, but before they head to the cockpit, um, many of them called, just had some final moments to be able to talk to their loved ones if they could get through. And this clip is from the movie Flight 93 where um, before they storm the cockpit, this man, Todd Beamer, he tries to reach his family, but he was routed to a call center, like a Verizon call center. And he speaks with a customer service representative. And so I'd like you to watch this as he takes refuge in God. You see you there? Yes, I'm here. Lisa, you call my wife and kids. And you tell them just in case. I'll tell them what you told me. What do you think, Lisa? Should we do it? I stand behind you, Todd. You said, do me a favor. Of course. Say the Lord's Prayer with me. Right now, Todd? art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom the power 
and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. You ready? <laughs> Just a intense. What a, what a, an example of, of courage. His wife was. Um, you may have uh, read about her story, but you know she, he was a man who who knew God. And his uh, his wife. She wrote a book that was called Let's Roll. And those were the words, I think, that was said just after he, that's like the last thing that they heard, I guess. And then they take the cockpit and, as you know, they, they, uh, the, you know, they took it over and the plane crashed and saved many, many more lives, people that would have died in the Capitol. And, but to know that he, you know, to know what he did and what others did on the flight, you know, for that amount of courage, but for him to turn to God and just to pray in those moments... It's a powerful example for us. His wife wrote this book, and in the book, she encourages people to look to God when you're in trouble, to look to God when you're in distress. There's, there's really nowhere else to look. And she, she understood that his faith was real. She understood where he was at that moment after he died. She knew that he was going to be in eternity in heaven. But this is what the Scripture pushes us towards when we're stuck in emotion is to to run to God in prayer. Look at Philippians 4, verse 6. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You can let your fears lead you into God's presence. Or you can run away. But as you do that, as you deal with fear and anxiety, aggressively take things to God in prayer. Run to Him. We tend to just stew in our fears. But God wants us to be specific about our concerns. Look at the way that the verse is laid out. You know, Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer, petition, with thanksgiving. That's, thanksgiving has to do with gratitude. Choosing to be grateful. Even when we're going through our fears, choosing to say, God, I'm thankful for what you're going to do through these things. I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm grateful to you that you're going to use this in my life, in my family's life, in the lives of other people. And I don't know how, but and it's, it's, it's impossible to be stressed out and anxious and grateful at the same exact time. Now, you can choose to bounce back and forth, but this is why God wants us to run, run to Him in, in, in prayer so that we can choose to continue to lift things up to be grateful for what He's going to do, and to say, "God, I trust You." Is I don't know, I don't know the outcome here. And again, it doesn't take away the emotion, because the emotion of fear it comes up; it's very real. It doesn't take away the emotion, and to be fearful it doesn't mean you're a horrible person. It means you're human, but it's a trigger for us to run to God. And then over time, the Scripture says the peace of God will transcend, which transcends all understanding will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. We need God's peace to rule within us in those moments when we're afraid. And if you've talked to people who've been through some very tragic things, even though it's painful and it hurts, uh, many of them can say they somehow God has led them through this and God's granted them peace through their pain. 
still hurts, but God has, has ruled over their hearts. There's a different verse that talks about how the peace of Christ will rule in our hearts. Colossians chapter 3. It's like ruling as a sense, like an umpire in our hearts. He's making the calls. Another thing is control your thoughts by focusing on truth. Control what comes into our thought, what comes into our mind by focusing our thoughts on the truth. Jeremiah, he was the man who wrote the book of Lamentations. He was a very melancholy man. Sort of like an Eeyore. Glass was always kind of half-empty guy. Um, but in the midst of all his grief and the loss that had occurred in the nation of Israel, he says these words. Lamentations 3.21 Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. See, he brings something to his mind. What you bring to your mind will determine how effectively you respond to fear. And you have a choice. You have a control over what comes to your mind. You can bring the right thoughts. This is what he says. This is what he brings to mind. Because of the Lord's great love, we're not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for Him. So we have to remind ourselves, God is going to come through. Like we talked about last week, He's not going to rip me off here as I, as I do battle with my thoughts. Here's some practical ways to overcome some of the what-ifs. Face the worst and rejoice in it. And this is probably the most difficult thing to even uh, to do. If you've done this or if you've wrestled with this, face the worst and rejoice. And lots of times we refuse to face the worst because we think if we admit what could happen, then it might actually happen. So we, we oftentimes, if, some, if, if we're afraid of tragedy or some sort of a uh, difficult experience, and we, we don't want to go there in our head because we're afraid, man, that could happen if I, if I linger on that too long. The truth is, God doesn't take His clues from us. He doesn't. He decides the outcome. And He'll decide the outcome, not, not you, not me. Job was a man who did this. He ran the, the scenario to the worst case. He was a righteous man who lost his family. He lost his wife and his children, his wealth. He was stricken with sickness. And he ran the worst case scenario, Job thirteen fifteen. He says this, Though he slay me, speaking of God, he thinks, if I get taken out, though he slay me, yet will I hope in him. I will surely defend my ways to his face. He decided even if God takes me out, I'm going to still trust in him. So think through the possible outcomes and how God could use those things for good and rejoice. Ask God, how, how am I supposed to rejoice in these moments? God, what would you want me to do? Sometimes we, use, we look at the word rejoice when it comes to trouble and it doesn't make sense. But I think it has to do with Going to God and asking Him, how, how, would you show me what good can come from this? And I will rejoice in that. It's not just this, uh, uh, it's not just this fake joy, but it's asking God, God, would you show me your plans through this pain? How, how can you still use this? And after you face the worst, um, don't stay there. Don't wallow in the worst case scenario. Go there once and ask God to, sh- you know, sh- and then, Commit to trust Him. And then continue on trusting Him. We're getting ready to head out of town. And, and every time I head out of town and I'm on a plane away from my kids, my wife and I are going out of town for a conference. I leave my kids and, and, and I don't know why, but we always are on the plane and we always realize, man, we really haven't made plans for what would happen if something bad were to happen here. And... Uh, and we, I think there's moments where 
as I think about that, there's a sense in which I have to trust. Even if I have my plans all worked out, there's a sense where I have to go to God and say, God, I'll trust you with the outcome. You're, you're in charge of, of our life. If something were to happen to my wife, my kids, um, God, I'm not going to walk away from you. And, and I, know people have, I know people here have been through that. And, and I look to you and I look at your life and I just think, man, you have really walked through some fires. I've had, um, I have some close friends, who've, my mentors, who've lost children, um, unborn, born. Um, some of you have lost family members, close friends. And I look at your faith and I really do admire the faith that you, that you have. And um, oftentimes it's, it's your faith that really just inspires the rest of us to, to keep pressing on with God. So I want to encourage you to hang on to God, even if you've lost people precious to you hang on to god don't let go of him keep trusting the lord and just remind yourself god is good he's not going to rip me off this is painful but he will not rip me off another thing put your mind on a leash we tend to we talked about this again last week but so critical because our thoughts get away from us we tend to let our mind go like a dog sniffing here and there getting in trash cans just doing what dogs do so the scripture reminds us to rein in our minds don't let them get away. Finally, brothers, Philippians 4 says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. That's where God wants us to dwell in our, in our minds. He wants us to lock on to the truth. And then verse 9, whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. That's the example of others. We were reminded at the faith of others and we see, man, what they have done, what they've practice in their faith, I can, I can use that. That inspires me to walk on with God. And the God of peace will be with you. So think about the right things. Don't buckle under the fear. Screen input. Screen what's coming at you. There's all sorts of media coming at us. Most of it pretty negative. Proverbs 15.30, a cheerful look brings joy to the heart and good news gives health to the bones. Some of our struggles just come from the input that we get. We get all this negative input. TV news is just full of negative media. You know, it's, or at least the news is. You know, usually it's you know, 80% pretty negative, and it, it, it impacts us. You may not realize it, but it really impacts us. The weather oftentimes has this negative spin to it. We see all the storms everywhere and what's coming down the road. It's, it's going, you know, we have a nice sunny day, but look at what's coming down the road. And it has a negative spin on our emotions. Sports even, if your team is losing. And I can really... Now, my team's in the World Series winning two games to one, so I'm feeling good at the moment. But but for, you know, for if our team's not going well, man, that really can, can work us over. Research says if you watch a lot of TV, you will have a higher level of fear than people who don't because of the input that we're getting. Proverbs 25, 25, like cold water to a weary soul is good, is good news from a distant land. We need good news. We need good news. It's like a refreshment to us. It counterbalances all the negative stuff that we're getting in our lives. So find real people who will give you real encouragement from their real faith. Start getting to know them. Get around them. Watch their life. Share life with them. Hang out with them. That, that really helps us. That's how we screen input. The last thing is reject wrong thinking. 2 Corinthians 10.5 We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. What this verse is saying is, 
we again, we just don't let our thoughts run wild. We force our thoughts into submission to Jesus Christ. We refuse to run the what if scenarios in our mind. It's like we basically eject the CD or we just choose a different playlist. We reject the wrong thinking. Bad scenarios, if we just let the wrong thinking run, bad scenarios tend to lead us to an unreal danger and despair. And even good scenarios kind of set us up for false hope. And so just be real careful with with thoughts. Jesus himself, he sets us free from the fear of death. Hebrews 2, 14 through 15 says, Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity. This is talking about Jesus, who became a man. He was humanity. So that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. Jesus has conquered death. Verse 15, And he's freed those who all their lives were held slavery in slavery by their fear of death. This is why Jesus came. He came to set us free from the fear of death. We can, through Jesus, we can look death in the eye with courage. And if we can do that with death, we can do that with our smaller fears as well. Look at what he said to Martha, one of his close friends whose brother had just died. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. See, death is not the end for those of us who've trusted our lives to Jesus Christ. Jesus was the forerunner. He was the firstborn among the dead, Colossians tells us. Colossians 1 says He is the head of the church. He is the firstborn from among the dead. Meaning, He's the prototype, or He's the one who, He was preeminent for all humans created. We, we follow the fact that Jesus was risen from the dead. If we'll put our trust in Him. We can experience eternal life that He has to offer, and He can set us free from that fear. If you don't yet know Jesus Christ personally, I want to encourage you to pursue Him. To pursue knowing Him personally. Make that a priority. You might have all sorts of other things you're trying to work through in your life. Maybe there's things in your marriage that aren't going well. Maybe there's things in your finances that aren't going well. Maybe it's in your parenting or, or work or whatever the situation is. Make it, put it at the top of your list. Figure out how do I connect with God through Jesus Christ. That is of the utmost importance. Make that a priority. Ask your questions and see what God will provide as answers. If you do know Him, realize His presence in your life and trust Him completely from day to day, from moment to moment. We're going to um, go to the Lord in prayer and the band's going to come up and lead us in a few more songs. Let's pray. Father, thank You that You have set us free through Jesus Christ from the fear of death. And God, we don't have to be afraid that when our life here ends, Lord, that that would be it, Lord. But that in You, we can have hope, Lord. You give us assurance, Lord, through Your Son, Jesus Christ. I pray, I pray for everybody here, Lord, who's battling with fears. God, if this particular fear is just um, haunting anyone here, Lord, I pray that in these moments as we looked at Your Word and Your Scripture, Lord, I pray You give them something to hang on to that they can use to combat their fears this week, Lord. Give them a verse. Maybe it's Philippians 4, 8, and 9, Lord just to thinking on the right thoughts. Lord, whatever it is, Lord, I pray that there's something that you'd allow us to, that you'd use that would allow us to not get hung up on our fears, Lord. We love you, God, and we thank you for making yourself known to us through your Son. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would, just finish filling out this uh, connection card. We're, uh, in just a moment, the ushers are going to go ahead and make their way forward here, and uh, we're going to be receiving our offering. And so,
Um, if you didn't get a chance, you can go ahead and begin to check any boxes on there. This just really does help us with our planning. Also, if you'd like to communicate any prayer requests to us, something going on in your life, um, if you write that on the comment section here, our staff prays for you, and so we wanted to let you know about that. There's some next steps you can consider. You see them on the back of your card as well. And uh, we just want to thank you for supporting the church through your giving. Um, we know these are difficult times, and so we really are grateful for you to, to, to give towards the ministry here at Orange Crest Community Church. Excited about the, uh, the baptism coming up. The baptism for us is a really, it's like a party. The scripture says that um, there's some times to celebrate, and, and that's one of them, because it's a picture of someone who's crossed over from death to life. It's, it's, it's a public announcement of the faith that we have. And so I'm excited for those of you who've recently come to faith in Christ. Maybe you're at a point where you're not, you have not decided to, to commit your life to Christ. Um, we really would encourage you to... to let us know if you've got questions or if you'd like to talk to someone about that. We'd love to help you make that decision. Cody's going to lead us in a few more songs, so let's continue in worship. Yeah. 
spoke about we can trust in you God and and Lord um, we can know Lord in our hearts that you've conquered death God and and Lord that we can set our eyes upon you when we are struggling with fear God whether it be the fear of death or the fear of failure um, Lord we just pray that as we continue to look through the different aspects of fear God and the ways that we struggle with it Lord that you would continue to just um, you know put the blanket of peace upon us Lord that peace that surpasses all understanding Lord we thank you for it we thank you for this morning in your son's name we pray amen Let's stand together as we sing our last song this morning. Let's put our hands together. Even though I walk, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Your perfect love is casting out fear. 